on YouTube. Find the Odyssey Sports Channel. We'll be there. Same thing on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash BetQL is where you find us. Alongside Aaron Hawksworth and Ed Egros, I'm Chris Mack in for Joe Ostrowski again today. Joe O back tomorrow. Assuming he doesn't have that convenient passport mishap that Ed suggested mm-hmm. earlier. That happened to someone that I know, actually. When we were in uh, Mexico for a wedding, it was during, it was post-COVID, but COVID was still a thing. I mean, I don't know if anything's post-COVID, but it was like a year. It wasn't like shut down area. It was the year after, and we were there for a wedding, and they made you test before leaving to go mm-hmm. back. and But they had said before, like, we'll put you up if you test positive or whatever. So one guy, uh, my wife's like one of her best friend's husbands, he tests positive as we're like leaving the hotel. Oh. So he was oh. marooned there for a week. And it sounds cool. Like, oh, I'm at this all-inclusive event. He couldn't leave the room. So like, yeah. granted, there was like a balcony, but he was stuck there for a week. It, was, it wasn't all that it was cracked up to be. Okay. Yeah, and... Some of those all inclusives, like you don't get any decent TV, right? Because right? they don't—they're not getting you good cable because right. it's an all-inclusive. You're not right. supposed to be hanging out in the room, so all you get are telenovelas on like seven different channels, and it's—I don't understand what's <laughs> so happening. People love those. Day, day fifteen <laughs> they, they, of the what? same all-inclusive food. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's a good call. Well, we'll tune in tomorrow, nine Eastern, six Pacific, to see if Joe O is in fact back or if he's found a mm, somewhat inconvenient way to stay on vacation we start to dive into week 14 across the nfl in just a couple of minutes here live coast to coast on the betql network but let's touch on it because they start tonight guys the nba midseason tournament quarterfinals um tonight we've got the celtics against the pacers in vegas don't forget no home court advantage in these things this is in vegas celtics laying four and a half against indiana new orleans against sacramento uh sacramento laying the four and a half to the pelicans i think both of these matchups really interesting i like boston to cover the four and a half new orleans sacramento is a tough read for me but i will say this if you're looking to get one of two things if Adam Silver wanted one of two things in the play-in tournament he's getting both of them with the teams left in the quarterfinals you're either looking to get the young up-and-coming teams playing important games uh, which is very critical in their development so that when we do come around to April May and June those young up-and-coming teams have that experience under their belt or you're getting the marquee franchises on midweek primetime games and money's on the line. So guys want to play. You look at tomorrow, for example, Knicks, Bucks, Suns, Lakers, and the Celtics, again, as I mentioned, against the Pacers tonight. Ed, this kind of stacks up exactly the way I think they wanted it to. And I think this is actually a, a really interesting pair of games tonight, at least. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, Celtics Pacers, I think, is is probably more interesting to me just because what is Indiana? Is it this just young, high-flying team where maybe they can't play a whole lot of defense? Defensive efficiency metrics may be leaving something to be desired. Or are they true legitimate contenders and can knock off the best team in the NBA in a game of significance? 
so that to me is really exciting. And also too, what are the Celtics? Are they truly the best team in the NBA? Uh, despite other teams sort of grabbing the headlines because of off season acquisitions, trying to see how these guys gel stuff like that. Uh, can they do it uh, in the Eastern conference? That is very top heavy. Like there are a lot of questions and we may not want to conclude too much based upon one game, but to me, the early game Celtics Pacers, like it's truly exciting just to see where both of them stand when the spotlight is on them, when the bright, when the lights are the brightest. And I think it is reflected in the total in this first game, mm-hmm. a total of yeah. 242 and a half, which seems really, really high to me. In some ways, it makes a whole lot of sense because we like this C's offense. We really like this Pacers offense. Uh, but I think also when you're betting on a game like this, first off, if you just think the Celtics are just going to find a way to win, well, the money line at minus 225 doesn't work for me. What I do think the Celtics can do to try and win this game is slow the pace down. Get Indiana out of its rhythm. Get them playing a different style that they are not accustomed to or perhaps they, ne- they don't necessarily like. And I think the Celtics are capable of doing that. Third slowest defensive pace of play, that can be more predictive. I get that Kristaps Porzingis uh, with solid defensive metrics will not play, but Al Horford and others will. And I do think they are more than dynamic enough to slow this game down. So it may not be the most exciting brand of basketball that we're necessarily expecting, but I do think that's how Boston will find a way to win. So I expect this to be an under, Aaron. I like that. I also expect this to be a crazy environment in Indiana. You've got this young team, not a ton of experience, but I think it'll be a bit of a hostile environment and maybe even a little home court advantage. I was looking at Halliburton. He's been so good and inserted himself into the MVP conversation. He is dealing with an upper respiratory illness, but the fact that they have all his props listed, I'm not expecting that to be a big deal for him. So I was looking at his points, rebounds, assists. That seemed to be like a really sharp number. He averages 39 and it's at about 41 and a half. So I I looked elsewhere, so then I just looked at points and rebounds. He's averaging 35, and the prop is at 31 and a half, and it's only minus 110. So I thought maybe that is a good way to play Halliburton. Yeah, I, I like that. And and real quick, I'll correct myself on a couple things. I thought the, the quarterfinals were in Vegas. That's my bad. My bad on me. You bring up a good point, Aaron. The home court advantage in Indy is an important part of this. Um, and... Also, it's it's four and a half in spots, five and a half at BetMGM. So if you do like Indy, I think it's it, it, if this continues to move, then that's the play. Wait for this thing to get closer and closer. You see some late money roll in on Boston, and that might be the way to go. Um, real quick, I know you guys will get to talk about it tomorrow. I Again, pending any Joe Ostrowski travel issues, I will not be here tomorrow. My favorite game... <laughs> Of this of these quarterfinal matchups is the late game tomorrow night. Phoenix and the Lakers. Suns, Lakers, Lakers undefeated in the group stage of the play in tournament. But the Suns with Durant back now, I don't know if he's really totally one hundred percent. He doesn't look like it at times, but Suns, Lakers, and the Suns getting a point and a half. I absolutely love that one. I love the Suns tomorrow night. Uh, at the Lakers in the quarterfinals of this thing. Best record in the West still, right? Or near the top of the Western Conference standings. Um, I, I just, 
I like the Suns in LA tomorrow night. That's my favorite matchup. Knicks Bucks will be fun, but uh, Aaron, you give me Suns Lakers mid season and the game matters. Yes, please. I mean, hopefully the Suns can cover this. I'll be on the Suns side. Real quick, the, did you see the LeBron Ime Adoka exchange? That was great. I watched it like five <laughs> times trying to see if I could do any type of lip reading. But you see these like women in the crowd. And at one point, someone says something. And they're like, <gasps> so it's like, what did they say? And then LeBron <laughs> says they were talking about how great Thanksgiving was, which obviously is a lie. But I loved that. I love a head coach <laughs> getting into it with a star player. Give me more of that. Right? Don't care. Of, Doesn't matter who it is. Of, like, defend your players. That is that is that, definitely the – like, what is it? Like, Udoka is, like, w- one of the odds-on favorites, or he's got, like, rather short odds for uh, Coach of the Year. I wonder if that is an investment because, like, he's already getting after it. And the Rockets certainly look much more improved than, you know, what they looked like last they, couple of years. They like, don't even I, need a big I, I dom. I mean, they got Udoka there. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Uh, he's ready that, to throw that, some hands. The, yeah, right. the still shots I saw of that, the video I saw of that, just screamed, caption this, wrong answers only, please. Because I can <laughs> only right. Im- uh, imagine the shots that could be fired back and forth I heard in the each B direction. word was used. Someone uh, was accused of using it a little too much. Ah, Not the know. B word! <laughs> He called him a yeah. butthead? No way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so Dude, we, we, that's you crazy. can't do that. Not the B word. <laughs> uh, NBA midseason tournament giving everybody a little extra juice. Week 14 of the NFL season kicks off in three days. And mm-hmm. look, we could focus on Bills, Chiefs, Bills, early, early dogs three on the road at KC. We can focus on what is the biggest game of the year, maybe to this point, Eagles, Cowboys in Dallas. Certainly we've talked plenty about the the MVP market and how it'll be affected by that game. NFC East division, number one seed, all of it. But who doesn't want to sit down and have a good lengthy conversation about what may be the ugliest offensive game of the year? The New England Patriots visiting the Pittsburgh Steelers. Patriots getting six and a total that is at 31. This is Iowa, Nebraska, Big Ten West level ugliness. And this is Mitch Trubisky against Bailey Zappi. There you go, Amazon Prime. Thanks for signing up. What what was it? Uh, half a point team total per half for Iowa in that Big Ten championship <laughs> game, and yes. they didn't cover either of them. Like, right. are we going to get something similar with the Patriots specifically? Like, assuming Bailey Zappi's rolled out there again, then uh, the team total for each half will be about half a point or something like that. And I might go under on both of those as well because they look terrible. Is the Chargers' best defense? Are you kidding me? Like, is there was there ever potentially a favorable matchup, a more favorable matchup for Bailey Zappi to at least get out there and try, at least make a, a decent showing, and maybe get a couple of field goals and then make this an interesting contest? Oh, no, just couldn't happen for this Patriots bunch. No Surrey Bob. 
This is incredible to me that I think this total is way too high and I'm already pounding the table for it. If for no other reason, I do think that the Trubisky thing matters just because Mm -hmm. like if he's that errant and that inaccurate and the fact that he is working with a staff that has been sort of quasi cobbled together in a really short period of time, I don't know how they're able to put all of that together on a short week. I, I think you're, you know, if you're the Patriots, you're almost catching Pittsburgh at a, at a good time. If you were ever going to catch them, now would be the time for that. Two really good coaches on a short week, but I might lean. I think this is kind of an evenly matched up game, so I might as well take plus six with the Pats is kind of how I feel early in the week here. Yeah, I mean, if if you believe that the Patriots can at least get a couple field goals on the board, that may be enough to cover this, right? Like, this may be a, mm-hmm. a 10-6, a 13-7 kind of game, uh, which would be a push yeah. in that case. But, I mean, <laughs> that that 6 nothing game yesterday was just it's, – it's, it was atrocious. I, I, but here's the thing. <laughs> We all were still on the under, right? Like, was anybody slamming the over in Chargers Patriots? I don't think so. And so no. you look at this one. This the best time to catch this total is right is yes is last night because it's <laughs> oh, this this thing may get under thirty. It may get down mm-hmm. to twenty nine. I don't know how how low can we go on this total, Ed? Before we would not take the under on Steelers Patriots. 28 and a half. That's it. Yeah. 28 and a half. If, if it goes below that, then it's a no play. And and what's fascinating when you're talking about that six, nothing game, it wasn't the Patriots defense playing really well containing the chargers offense. It just wasn't going well for Justin Herbert and company. And that to me is really concerning for the chargers going mm-hmm. forward, but also important to note in case you feel like this Patriots defense, with Bill Belichick, you know, the smartest man in the world, all that stuff. No, no, no. This Patriots defense does have its struggles. The J.C. Jackson revenge game did not pan out well for New England. I do think this Pats defense is going to have some issues. It hasn't overly impressed, but neither has Mitch Trubisky. So I think it's just going to be an overall bad brand of football, Aaron. Yeah, I got nothing else on this one. This is one that we're going to have to talk about because it's in prime time, but... uh contractually obligated yeah exactly here's right. here's your street prime time unders continuing 20 28 yeah, and a half it could get there it could get to 28 and a half and i don't i don't think i'd be shocked at all because no it is it, too it's too too bad situations and two coaches who i'll be honest like Mike Tomlin's not going anywhere. We know Bill Belichick's situation is not good in Foxborough right now, but the Steelers, for what it's worth, were really sloppy yesterday in that loss to Arizona. Like all kinds of illegal formation penalties, calling timeout because they had too many or not enough guys on the field. Right after it just that's the kind of stuff that good coaches shouldn't be have happening to them and their teams. It's the kind of stuff mm-hmm. that's happening to Belichick and Tomlin this year. And we get to see him face off on Thursday night. There will be good games played in week 14 of the NFL <laughs> schedule. I promise you that. And we will talk about them next with an early look at things for week 14. Alongside Ed and Aaron, Chris Mackin for Joe O today here on Beck UL Daily. 
We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Are you ready for the most interactive sports gambling show? Introducing BetQL Send It In with PJ Glasser. We want to hear from you. Send It In is about your picks, your trends, and your fades. Share your thoughts, predictions, and your best daily best bets with the Send It In community. Set your reminders, mark your calendars, and get ready to send it in on weekday afternoons at 1 Eastern on Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. On your home for wagertainment, the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Twenty minutes from now, our lightning bets to wrap up a Monday morning edition of BetQL Daily, live coast to coast on the BetQL network and wherever you may be in the world. We're right there on Odyssey app, A U D A C Y, free. Download it today, and then if you miss anything, you get it as a podcast later. It's beautiful. It's Chef's kiss. It's perfect. It's just like Big Tom's mama's gravy in South Philly, um, which is the best. The best. You haven't lived till you've had South Philly gravy from an Italian grandmama. That's uh, that's next level stuff. Especially if they go and get some fresh crabs from the shore. Oh yeah. Anyway, enough about Big Dom and me being hungry because it's almost lunchtime here in the Eastern Time Zone. <laughs> We've got Week 14 to break down. Um, let's start with. Two games that I think are the most interesting and the most interesting is the AFC playoff picture. We've touched on a good bit here this morning because of the mess that some of these wildcard teams are. Uh, But Buffalo is still somehow in that picture, guys. And Kansas City, despite losing in Green Bay last night, they're still the Chiefs. And so we still look at them and say, yeah, you know what? Chiefs at home against the Buffalo team that is still kind of wobbly, that can't figure itself out at times, whose defense is nothing compared to what it has been the last couple of seasons. And Kansas City's laying less than a field goal in that game at home. Uh, I'm not sold on the Bills. I I, I know they're, uh, you know, Paul included. There are people that believe that the Bills can cobble this thing together and start to gain some of that forward momentum. Like when you start to run downhill and you can't stop yourself and you just start going faster and faster and faster. I don't think that. I think the Buffalo Bills start to run downhill and stub their toe and trip and face plant. Um, And I think this may be the beginning of that against Kansas City, Ed. 
It's possible. It's certainly possible. I, I had this weird journey when breaking this game down because, first off, I'm still a believer that the Bills can somehow find a way, and then if they do get to the playoffs, and they're going to be mighty, mighty dangerous because defenses probably don't matter as much come playoff time because all the quarterbacks are good. almost doesn't matter defensively what you're doing because either Pat Mahomes is going nuts or someone else is going nuts. So in that respect, it is just about surviving and advancing for Buffalo. Just a matter of if they can survive. And this will be a really tough challenge against Kansas City. But I had this weird journey, Chris, when it came to sort of handicapping this game. And is this like Aaron Rodgers and Ayahuasca? Do we, do we need to? Oh, no. Did you no, need to go to a darkness retreat to have this journey, Ed? There was no darkness retreat. I am afraid of the dark. Uh, yes, I am afraid of the dark. Uh, you know, watch that show a lot. But I think, though, when you're capturing the essence of the Chiefs, you go, okay, there's no possible way that they could lose, you know, another game like this and, and lose so many in such a short stretch. There's no way that could happen. Well, actually, it could happen. Like, it's one of those things where if I'm still, you know, clutching onto my priors that the Chiefs are going to be magnificent and win all these games and they're just going to stub their toe a few spots here and there, they can still lose to Buffalo and go over the season win total of 11 and a half. Because after the Bills game, the Chiefs get the Patriots, the Raiders, the Bengals, and the Chargers. I think they can win all four of those. Now, that Week 18 game might be tricky because things may be in hand for the Chiefs where they don't need to try. Meanwhile, the Chargers may have extra motivation to win a game like that for whatever reason. Maybe like an outside shot to make the playoffs or something like that. So be careful with Week 18. But with everything else, the Chiefs are going to beat those teams. Like, we know that. Like, what, what could the Patriots possibly do to slow down Pat Mahomes? Like, I can't imagine that happening. So it is possible for the Chiefs to lose this game outright. So maybe Bill's money line is the way to go here in the short term uh, before, say, the market sort of, you know, closes this off and sort of siphons off all of the value. But in terms of clutching onto your priors, I still think it's okay to back the Bills here, but still believe the Chiefs will do just about everything that they want to do as far as getting a good seed come playoff time. And the Bills seem to have the Chiefs number, at least in recent memory, the last couple seasons when they've played in the regular season, the Bills have won those matchups. Of course, that one game in the divisional round went to overtime between these two teams and the Bills lost. I could definitely see the Bills getting up for this game and winning outright. Plus two and a half, minus 105. I don't hate that either. Money line, the best number is plus 125. So either way you look at it, both of these teams are not quite as good as we thought they would be um so maybe this is a little more evenly matched um i think the number seems about right but i like the bills as dogs here even if it is at arrowhead yeah opened at three right down to two and a half uh already mm -hmm. I, I i think i'll be honest i i think this is a get right spot i can't believe i'm saying that about the buffalo bills when they said that three four months ago i think it's a get right spot for the chiefs that offense has looked so disjointed over the last month, month and a half. They've lost three of the last five. Everybody's dropping footballs. I started to see it last night from Rasheed Rice. And look, that's one guy. Then on the other hand, you have a Sky Moore who hasn't, still hasn't quite figured it out. Of course, MVS, every time the ball is in the air, you hold your breath and go, oh, maybe. 
maybe he's going to catch it. Maybe. Um, but I, I think there's an opportunity for Kansas City to find some rhythm again. Patrick Mahomes is doing all the right things. His receivers are not. I think if they can buckle down and make this sort of an inside-out game, work the inside of the field with Kelsey especially, you know that the Bills' coverage, especially their back seven, is not the same since Tremaine Edmonds left this offseason. And so I attack the middle of the field if I'm the Chiefs, and I go after those opportunities with Kelsey in the middle of the field, with Rasheed Rice on the perimeter a little bit, see if I can take advantage of opportunities to hit it deep. But I, I do that. I lean into Isaiah Pacheco, and I let my defense do a number on Josh Allen and and know that if it comes down to it in the end and it's a final possession game, I trust Patrick Mahomes, if I'm Andy Reid, to make the smart play and trust my defense to force Josh Allen into the, well, not so smart play, but that's my early read anyway on Chiefs Bills. You know, one thing too, and I have a question about this. So, in the last game against the Packers, on throws beyond 10 air yards for Pat Mahomes, and by the way, I mentioned this before, this Chiefs offense is conservative. They're keeping it on the ground, sometimes with jet sweeps, like the only thing Kadarius Tony can do anymore. And they're not throwing it that far deep, except to MVS, who will then drop the football. That's kind of the process that they've had over these last several weeks. But on throws beyond 10 air yards for Mahomes, 6 of 13, 105 yards, a pick, and a passer rating of 42. That's really, really bad. I wonder, yes, like, I think the strategy is really good, Chris. But my question is, can they execute this? I have yeah. my doubts outside of Travis Kelsey mm -hmm. and, and Rasheed Rice at times. But using the middle of the field, like normally that's what they do. And it's a really good idea, especially against uh, this injury prone Bills defense. I just don't know if they can do it. Yeah. Also, like won't the Bills just do what the Packers did last night? This is a James Cook game. And like it was amazing watching the pregame show. Just like everyone. Oh, I don't know if they can run on the Chiefs. The Chiefs. I, I'm dry. Like, I'm, am I watching the same Chiefs game as everyone else? Like. The, we've talked about on this show, the Chiefs' run defense is terrible. Like, A.J. Dillon had his mm -hmm. way with them last night. I know James yeah. Cook is a different back, and you got Murray there too, but I don't see why they wouldn't just take the same game plan that other teams have had success as well. The Broncos did the same thing. Now, Javante Williams, A.J. Dillon, kind of similar backs. I just don't see why they wouldn't, and that's not a guarantee to a win, but that's as much a concern to me as all the offensive problems. You get Spags in a good, like, plus situation where he can just pin their ears back and do all his exotic blitzes. That's great, but you got to be in that situation too. Yeah, right. that's, that's a good point, Paul. And, and, you know, Joe Brady's trying to earn this being more than an interim OC job. Does he lean into what's worked best for the, like when the bills just lean into the running game, not completely like they don't have to go nuts. This isn't three yards in a cloud of dust, but when they just lean into the running game enough to get a little bit of balance in the offense, you can see the weight lifted off Josh Allen's shoulders. Like, you, you can almost physically see the weight lifted off his shoulders, and he's not being counted on to do absolutely everything and then, therefore, feels the need to make the play that ends up being the backbreaker sometimes. So I think that's a great point. It, it, it does give me pause. Um, I just – and maybe I shouldn't after last night because they didn't get home as often as they should have. I still do believe in the Chiefs' pass rush – and against Allen in big spots anyway. 
uh, maybe not on a consistent basis, but in big spots, I count on him to make a mistake. Let's pivot real quick to the big game on the NFC side. We've been looking forward to this one for a couple weeks now, right? We've been talking Cowboys, Eagles. We just got done with Eagles, Niners, but the triple threat elimination chamber kind of deal continues now as the Cowboys host the Eagles on Sunday night football. If the Eagles are go- here's the thing. If the Cowboys are going to win the division, they win Sunday night. It's it's that simple. If they're going to win the division and make a run to the one seed, and if Dak is going to cement his MVP candidacy, it happens Sunday night against a Philadelphia defense, Ed, that to be quite honest, is like it's 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 like an old car running down the road and you know, pieces of it are flying off as it's driving down the road. It's falling to bits right in front of us. And if I'm caught behind that car, you better believe I'm getting the license plate and reporting it. I have no sympathy for anyone who does something so reckless as having parts of the car fly my way and scratch whatever. So that's neither here nor there, though. Um, total is 53 and a half in this game. That's yeah. nuts to me. 53 and a half. It's warranted. Like, it makes sense. But the fact that we talked about the Eagles' defensive line being oh so effective because so many guys have pressures, or the fact that these are some defensive backs who have been successful in coverage before, they couldn't do anything against the 49ers. Like, they couldn't slow them down at all. Whatever Purdy wanted to do, whatever CMC wanted to do, they were largely successful. And I don't see why the Cowboys offense can be, you know, can't be just as, if not more successful against this group. And I think what's fascinating to me, you know, we talk about Dak Prescott so much as far as how well he performs against man coverage and how great he is uh, connecting with Lamb and Ferguson and all of those things. But is it possible that Tony Pollard and other backup running backs can also be successful? And maybe this is a get-right spot for this Cowboys backfield, just as it can be as far as the Cowboys getting back to the identity that they want to be known for. And that is, yeah, Dak Prescott, pedal to the metal, throwing it a good bit, scoring a bunch of points, especially at home. But I do wonder if this backfield can also be successful to where it's going to be a more dynamic offense. And if it is, then they're really establishing something successful because you know that Cowboys defense, they're not going to have another bad game. Like Deron Bland, yeah, he was targeted a lot and, you know, it was tough going. (laughs) And so they're going to try and get A.J. Brown, you know, (laughs) all that. But still, like, do you trust anybody beyond him? I don't think so. Yeah, Deron Bland needs a rebound game because that was bad. I've always felt these two teams were going to split this season and the Cowboys have been – yeah. So good at home. They were able to sit back and relax and and watch the Niners just crush the Eagles. I'm sure they picked up a lot of things that they can, you know, do to expose them even more. I, I just see this as a cowboy spot. Or look, I they're, they're clicking. They allowed the Seahawks to stay in that game, which is not too surprising because they hadn't played some real competition, but they still won it. You know, I don't know if it's Mm -hmm. reason to be overly concerned and they've had time to think about that, you know, look at the film, you know, they've had extra time to prepare for this game too. So it just feels like a cowboy spot here. 
and I think there's a really good point. Ed brought this up earlier about the lack of diversity in the pass game for the Eagles, right? They really lean in yeah. on A.J. Brown. And against this Cowboys secondary, Seattle was successful because, now look, they ended up pumping it to Metcalf, and that was the story of the game Thursday night, really, as we talk about Deron Bland's DP, uh, DPOY candidacy falling by the wayside as he got torched by DK Metcalf. But part of DK Metcalf being able to take over that game at times is there's the threat of other weapon, weapons, right? There's there's JSN, there's, there's Tyler Lockett, there, there's other ways for Geno to go. How many other directions do you trust Jalen Hurts to be able to go in a big spot? And against this Cowboys secondary, they can still, if they want to, maybe not lock down A.J. Brown, but we've seen A.J. Brown have go multiple weeks at a time this year where his numbers didn't match what you would expect them to. So I, I don't think... Look, I don't think A.J. Brown has one of those like one catch on four targets for eight yards kind of games that he had against the Chiefs a few weeks ago. But if A.J. Brown only gets targeted five or six times and only catches the ball three or four times, where's the rest of the Eagles offense go? A couple to Swift? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't think there's Cowboys. diverse. Yes, advantage Cowboys uh, as that one has moved to three and a half already. From the three-point spread it opened at. All right, one of our favorite plays for the day. We get you our lightning bets. Coming up next right here on BetQL Daily. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.
every single weekday, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific. BetQL Daily has you covered live coast to coast on the BetQL Network. Wherever you may be in the world, on your Odyssey app, it's free. Download it today, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Of course, on YouTube, search Odyssey Sports. On Twitch, twitch.tv slash BetQL. But also as a podcast after the fact, if you missed anything today, our Week 13 recap, including the mess of the officiating at the end of Packers Chiefs <laughs> last night, the injuries across the AFC wildcard landscape, Big Dom fighting Dre Greenlaw in our our thoughts that maybe there's a connection somehow to Jersey Shore in BetQL court earlier. Jason LaConfora and his dog Copper. Uh, uh, anything you may have missed, the NBA midseason tournament games that we talked about earlier, it's given to you in podcast form early in your afternoon every single day inside your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Chris Mack in for Joe Ostrowski. Uh, Joe O, back tomorrow, pending any travel issues or surprise hiccups that may cause him to be stuck in a tropical locale longer than he's supposed to be, alongside Eddie Gross and Aaron Hawksworth. Let's give him our lightning bets. What do we got, Ed? Get us started. So in this era of post-COVID, is it possible that Joe could come up with some random disease nobody has heard of and he's likelier to be believed than, say, yes. if this were prior to 2020? And we go, no, you're full of it. You're just trying to get extra days off. But now we take these things way more seriously and we have to believe him. And so he can extend that vacay just a little bit longer. That's my question. That's – that's. I think he could – like. You know, it doesn't have to be like swine flu or bird flu. Like, here's, here's I think, uh, something to keep in mind. For those of you uh-huh. that are looking to extend a trip, come up with a color and an animal. Put them together and call it a flu. And I think you might be able to get away with an extra week in whatever location you're, quote unquote, stuck in. Oh, I've got purple poultry flu. Yeah, it's this new thing. The CDC just heard about it. Green cheetah flu. Uh, I mean, just just come up with something, throw it out there. Then mm-hmm. what's the boss going to do? Like, go look it up and double. No, he's going to be like, okay, well, hey, you know what? Sorry to hear that. Get better. We'll see you back here next week. I think that's, you've come up with something, Ed. <laughs> it's like if students come to me and they're complaining about whatever, like if they're talking about having the turquoise dinosaur flu, don't I have yeah. to believe them? And just accept it as is, like you know, back in the day. Go, no, 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 no. You don't have that. You're you're just making it up. Like I want a doctor's got... note that you have red yeah. raptor flu. I want Sorry. a doctor's note that you have the orange horse flu. You know, let's let's. Get... It's like we're putting together play calls now, just animals and colors. I know they, these are the greatest Mad Libs of all time. Okay, lightning bets, uh, what the people actually care about. Okay, uh, Monday night football betwixt the Jaguars and the Bengals. I think there are paths for the Jaguars to possibly go nuts here. I do think Bengals over team total is safe. But if you want to back the Jaguars in some way, I like Christian Kirk over 20 and a half yards for his longest reception at minus 120 on BetMGM. Bengals are dead last in success rate against slot receivers. Christian Kirk is one of the better slot guys in the league. The only way this game gets out of hand is if Kirk goes nuts. There's certainly a path for that. So I will have him with at least one big chunk play. Next up, also staying in the NFL, 
Dak Prescott, Brock Purdy, Jalen Hurts, they are all plus three, 350 to win MVP. So I'm going to bet on all of them. Knowing full well, if any one of those three hits, I will make a profit. That's how you play this game, right? So I really don't see anybody outside of that triumvirate really, ha- really having a legitimate chance to win MVP, given that it is late enough in the season to where the AFC is this muddled mess where I don't think anybody can stand out. Meanwhile, in the NFC, we know who the best quarterbacks are. It is painfully obvious who they are, and it's just a matter of who beats whom and who finishes with the number one seed. So Prescott Purdy hurts all to win MVP, plus 350 apiece. One of them hits. I'm doing just fine. Then finally, in the NBA, I'm going to take the points with the Pelicans. Health should be all good for both teams. CJ McCollum's back. Trey Murphy looks to be available. Zion Williamson has impressed us. Uh, He may not actually be on the injury report, but I just perpetually think he is for some reason. But he has looked great. I wonder if it's his defense that we should be harping on, uh, not necessarily what he can do down low. Solid defensive performance by the Pels. That's why I think they can cover the number here. Love it. Love it. I will also have a play in that game. Points and rebounds for Halliburton. He averages 35 in those categories. So I am going to bet over 31 and a half for points and rebounds for Halliburton. Uh, I also like quite a few props. Calvin Ridley over 58 and a half receiving yards. Gosh, I was just about to look up um, his anytime touchdown. And then we were having a nice conversation about how I would sell my uh, my sickness with uh, going to Arizona <laughs> State. I think Andrew or Mitch would buy like a Burgundy Sun Devil. I think they might say, no, you know what, that sounds might fake. be a little obvious. I don't even have yeah. to Google yeah, if right. that's real. <laughs> I'm gonna look that up. <laughs> that sounds like something cool. All right. Um, yeah, right. Like you Ridley any <laughs> Ridley anytime what? touchdowns plus one fifty. <laughs> Gosh, I don't know. Why not? I'll I'll bet it. Let's do not it. Not a ton of value. Not a ton of value, but it's gonna be a Ridley game. And then and trends are on. I'll stay since apparently everyone's betting over his rushing yards. It was eleven and a half. Now it's thirteen and a half. I'll go over on his passing yards. The Bengals' defense on whether it's in the passing game or the rushing game. Bottom of the league. So Trevor Lawrence over 242 and a half passing yards. All right. I like those. Um, I'm going to start with the NBA midseason tournament quarterfinals. I mentioned earlier uh, Boston Indy. You make a great point, Aaron. The environment in Indy should be great for this one. Um, I think that may actually lend itself to the more veteran team in this case kind of finding the calm in the middle of the storm, as it were. And I like Boston. It's up to five and a half now, but I still like Boston to cover the five and a half and win on the road against the Pacers. Um, As for Monday night football, it is going to be, I think, the Evan Ingram game. Only one team in the NFL gives up more receiving yards to tight ends per game than the Cincinnati Bengals. The Cincinnati Bengals giving up 779 receiving yards on 70 catches over 11 games, two tight ends. The Broncos, the only team that is worse and only by four yards. They've given up four touchdowns. 
to tight ends as well. So here we go. Let's slam the Evan Ingram props over four and a half receptions, 50 plus yards or more. Is it plus 115? And an anytime touchdown just to sprinkle it on top and give us that tasty little crust like when you put breadcrumbs on top of the homemade mac and cheese. Mm. Anytime touchdown for Evan Ingram at plus 180. So those are my Monday night plays all in on Evan Ingram. Polly, what do you got? I'm with you, sir. Hard against you on the Celtics because I'm holding a Pacers 35 to one ticket and I know it's dead, but I can, I can still dream, but I'm all, I'm with you on Evan Ingram. There's a plus 270 out there uh, for an anytime touchdown. So I'll be playing that. Um, Also, I'm going to go 80 plus 80 plus at six to one. And well, I'm looking at it now that I've looked at it. Now I'm talking myself into it, but yeah, all those numbers you mentioned about the Bengals being terrible against tight ends. If you wanted to, you could play two plus touchdowns. I'm seeing a 17 to one. See if there's maybe a better number out there. And because we just saw, we saw this twice this weekend already. Saw DK Metcalf score three touchdowns. We saw Debo Samuel score three touchdowns. There's a 125 to one on Evan Ingram to score three plus touchdowns. You're kidding. If it hadn't happened twice already, it's got to happen a third time. If it hadn't been happened twice, these things come in threes. Because everything happens in threes. Right, including three three touchdowns. touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. yeah. I I love numerology. I mean, there's an 80 to one. There's a 125 to one. Uh, Why do I do this to myself? Uh, I don't know. Because you're going to kick yourself now if it happens and you don't play it. That's why you do it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like crypto. It's like FOMO. And then you lose everything. It's great. (laughs) No. Right. Awesome. Um, uh, How is my Dogecoin right, so yeah. doing, by the way? <laughs> uh, yeah, RIP. Um, so, yeah, Evan Ingram game all day. Uh, and if you want to go first touchdown, I think you're going to actually a decent price on first touchdown. 10 to 1. Yeah. Although, how about, was it Ben Simmons last night who scored the first touchdown for the Packers? Who was that guy? Like their backup, backup tight end. I can't imagine what that number was, but I think it was Ben Sims. <laughs> How mad would would Philly sports fans be if all of a sudden Ben Simmons showed up in an NFL game and started catching (laughs) touchdown passes? You think Big Dom wants to fight people now? Could you imagine? Man, Big Dom versus Ben Simmons, cage match? Oh, Oh, God. Oh, my gosh. Minus 5,000 on Dom. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So against Ben Simmons. All the hatred. I also got a note. Yeah, I there's no case for Ben Simmons, of course. Anyway, go ahead. (laughs) I also got I also got a note from Mario, one of our producers at the BetQL Network, who said every time great hair, best hair ever, Uh, Mario, great tan Um, too. Yeah, for a dude from Indiana too. Like, what's going on there? Speaking of dudes, December. Yeah, but I got a note from Mario that said every time we say Big Dom. For whatever reason, I don't know, maybe it's something in his head he's got to work out. He hears Big Dong. And that's not... Come on, Mario. Cool it, brother. Like, the wheels were turning so, as you started that. I was that's like, such a Mario thing to do. Yeah. It sounds like something I would have come up with. Yeah. Like Mario. Aaron's more disappointed. Gutter, she didn't say it man. first. It's only Monday morning. <laughs> 
And on that note, <laughs> Joe O's back tomorrow. I'll see you I guys think we're later. Very articulate. Chris Mack, uh, thanks for letting me fill in, friends. You guys are awesome as always. Eddie Cross, Aaron Hawksworth. Thanks to Paul for producing. I think we're off the air in half our markets now. Um, <laughs> Everybody will be back um, tomorrow at 9 a.m. Eastern. Locked in, ready to talk Monday night football, more NBA midseason tournament action, and more right here on your home for wagertainment. It's the BetQL Network.